0: Cindy, who is our youth director, was up here giving the announcements. And I thought you might just like to know that at our assembly, at our ordination service on Friday, Cindy received what we call her first Canada Central District Ministerial License. (laughs) Yes. And so, uh, officially and technically now, in accordance with the rules of the Church of the Nazarene, those of you who have been wanting to call her Pastor Cindy can now call her that. All right? Yes, so we're thankful for the academic progress and the practical ministry progress that Cindy has been making over these last two years as our youth... Director, Amen. By the way, I've been wanting to tell you something very important, something else that's very important, and it is this. Every week, I listen to an outstanding sermon by the name of a, a young pastor, woman pastor, named Reverend Dr. Tina Petamber. All right, some of you know her. She is the minister of our Solid Rock Community Church of the Nazarene. And I just want to encourage you during the course of the week, I want to encourage you to type into your computer or onto your phone or speak into it, however you do it, and speak into uh, your computer and say, Solid Rock Community Church of the Nazarene and uh, dig up their website and listen to her weekly sermons. She's just outstanding. She is outstanding. So rich and deep and a great blessing. And I was just thinking about this when I was listening to her message this past week and every week. And so I just want to encourage you as um, men and women to just be spiritually enriched through Dr. Tina Patamber's excellent messages every week. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, my friends, we have been discovering from Hosea in the Bible, the part of the Bible that we know as Hosea, who was a prophet. We've been discovering what God wants us to know. And uh, I've been speaking to you on the theme of come back, because the whole message of Hosea is come back the people of God had been wandering away from him, from wandering away from the Lord. And Hosea, inspired by God, kept saying, come back, come back to me. Don't wander away. Don't become faithless. And one of the verses that really summarizes the the chapters of Hosea is Hosea chapter 12, verse 6 which reads as follows. Why don't you read it with me from the screen? Those of you at home as well, read it with me, all right? So now, come back to your God. Act with love and justice and always depend on him. So now, come back to your God. And so two messages ago, I especially invited us to focus on the first part of that verse, Which basically tells us to come back to your God. Come back. If for whatever reasons, if for whatever reason or reasons you have drifted away from the Lord, you used to maybe be a believer, but you walked away, you drifted away, as we sometimes say it. This is the time to come back, to come back, to repent of your sins. And put your faith and trust once again in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. Is there someone today in this sanctuary, looking online, viewing online, that needs to make the decision to come back and make sure that your relationship with the Lord is right and that you know for certain because you have repented of your sins and your faith is in Jesus that your your eternal home is in heaven. You know that however long you live here, ultimately, someday you're going to be in heaven with the Lord. Amen? So, come back. In In a second message, I talked a little bit about some of the reasons why people sometimes wander away. All right. Now, today, today... I want to take you a little bit further into that verse that we, we just read. And I want to invite you to think with me, especially on the next part of Hosea 12, 6. Why don't you put that verse back up there again, all right? Where it says, so now come back to your God. Act with love. Act with Love. This is, this is what God was saying to the people of Hosea's day. He's saying, come back and act with love. How true that is. How true it is. Come back to God and practice love. Uh, the New Living Translation puts it like that. Act with love. And I believe the, the um, new international version says, or, or, or if we look at Hosea 6 verse 6, it says, I want you to show love. I want you to show love. All right. There are many ways by which you and I can show love, right? Many ways by which we can act with love. For example, this past week, our wonderful office administrator, whose name is Raven, decided that she would cook a large tray of lasagna. She cooked this beautiful large tray of lasagna, and she brought it to church for any staff member who wanted Some lasagna for lunch. Well, some of you know that Raven's mother, Jenny Mason, is an excellent cook. Amen, says my wife. Well, I thought you would appreciate knowing that her daughter, Raven, must be following in the footsteps of her mother because uh, Raven's lasagna was outstanding. No kidding. Christopher had some, it sounds like, right? It was, uh, it was just outstanding. Raven <clears throat> was just acting with love, just as when a, a few of you sometimes give me some of your great cooking. And thank you to the many of you who do little things and big things For other people, just because you are acting with love. You are practicing love. As Hosea says, act with love. Well, I I want to tell you about one of the biggest acts of love which we as a church have done some years back Which most of you probably don't know about. In fact, I know a lot of you don't even know about this. Back in 1986. Now, some of you might be looking at me and think, well, you you look too young, Pastor Nick. What do you know about 1986? (laughs) Right, Bill? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Back in 1986. I got a phone call from a man named Tech. That's the short name, a short form for his name. I got a phone call from a gentleman named Tech who lived somewhere in Kansas City, United States. And I believe he was teaching there at the university. In 1986, he phoned me one day. How in the world he ended up phoning Rosewood Church of the Nazarene, and and wanting to speak to Pastor Nick. How how that happened, I I don't know. I don't know. But when he phoned, he told me, he told me that there was a very young couple with a little daughter who were stranded in a refugee camp in Sudan, Africa. How many of you know where Sudan is? Uh, Can you put your hand? Yep, Sudan. Yes, quite a few of you. Yeah, near, near Ethiopia. And of course, Ethiopia is near Sudan. <laughs> and Eritrea is just north, kind of the north, north, uh, north of uh, Ethiopia there. But anyway, so this gentleman, Tech, told me that the family had, had fled Ethiopia with thousands of others to escape the terrible war that was going on in the country. It was a bad time. They escaped, he said, to Sudan, the country next door to Ethiopia and Eritrea. The United Nations had set up refugee camps in the Sudan. Some of you might remember seeing scenes of the refugee camps on television and even today. And... um, On the in, uh, well, on the internet, I, I looked up I, I looked up uh, refugee camps. I was able to find to see what they looked like, but I wasn't able to uh, actually transfer them. So sometime if you want to look up uh, Sudan refugee camps, you'll get an idea as to what they look like. Some of the camps had um, dozens or hundreds, hundreds of tents or, or huts, huts, that uh, maybe you've seen on television, okay? Well, um, the man who phoned me from Kansas City said that he tried. He, in the United States, tried very hard to sponsor the family and bring them to United States, but he said USA immigration would not allow the family to enter the United States. So he said to me, he said, Pastor Nick, the living conditions in the refugee camp are terrible. And uh, he said, Would you and your church please try to consider sponsoring this dear family and bring them safely to Toronto, Canada before anything worse happens to them? Well, At our next church board meeting, I spoke and I asked our church board if we might consider sponsoring this family. This is back in 1986. Sponsoring that refugee family and bring them to Toronto. Fortunately, our board members said, yes, yes, we must help, Pastor Nick. Yes, we must help this family. I then made an appointment with a downtown government office, some kind of a government immigration department, and went to the downtown office to fill out all the required sponsorship forms necessary to bring the family from Africa, from Sudan, to Toronto. I was there several hours completing the paperwork and listening to the lady tell me as to what I needed to do, what we need to do as a church, how we needed to prepare, and all the details that needed to be taken care of. I kept in touch with the government office, and, and finally, finally, just over three years later, when I started that process, I thought, oh, okay, I guess six months will be here. <laughs> not so, not so. It was over three years later, the refugee fa- family finally arrived in Toronto in November, 1989. I remember that day because it was very cold. It was a very cold November day. And when they arrived, they realized they had never experienced cold like that in their lives. Because over in Sudan, Ethiopia, I guess it's usually very warm. It's hot over there, all right? So, this dear family arrived, and the father's name was Yemeni Gonichi. Yemeni, Y E M A N E. And their last name, Gonichi. G O N I C H I E. And his wife, his wife's name was and is Sega T S E G A. Their little daughter was Helen who was about seven years old, and their son was David, who was just two years of age. And they, they had been in a refugee camp for about five, six years in Sudan, about five or six years. When the Gunichi family first arrived, we were so grateful. We were so grateful to Dorothy Lambie, that's Joy Greer's dear sister, who who allowed them, Dorothy allowed them to live in her home until we could find an apartment for them. Yemeni and Sega were very hard workers. Within, as best as I can recall, within two, maybe three weeks, um, Yemeni found, he found a full-time job with a company installing partitions in offices in Toronto. I thought, that's great, right? Soon thereafter, Sega also found a job. A few weeks later, they moved into an apartment of their own. And in the years that followed, Yemeni and Sega worked very hard. They saved money. I recall that... uh, uh, Yemeni had uh, started, you know, working at that company, installing partitions. And then I remember he also, he also drove a taxi. He also delivered, delivered newspapers, bundles of newspapers to different places for uh, those who would deliver them to homes. And, and he worked for, I think, a courier or delivery service, driving a truck. Uh, anyway, he and his wife worked very hard. They saved money and eventually bought a house, bought a house not far from our church where they still live and where they raise their children. Well, you might be interested to know that their daughter, Helen, attended University of Toronto, went to Teachers College, and is now a teacher in one of our Toronto schools, which is marvelous, amen? Yes, yes. Their son, <clears throat> their son David, attended Centennial College, not far from our church, and now works, works in information technology, IT, in the IT field, those of you who are into the IT field. <clears throat> you know, many times I wondered, I have wondered, if we, if we had not sponsored the Gonichi family, I thought, where where would their children, Helen and David, be today? Hmm? I thought, where would their children, Helen and David, be today? I've also thought, where where would Yemeni and Sega be today? Well, I have one more thing to tell you about this family, but before I do, before I do, I want to ask Yemeni and Sega to come to the platform so you can see who they are. All right? Yemeni? Sega, please. come, come here, my friends. Sega, come. Come, you don't have to be shy. I know you are shy. Come on. Yes, come right here. All right. Uh, A a few of you will remember. Yes. All right. If you just stop right there, that's good. I'd be happy to hug you. I'd be happy to hug you, but we've got to follow the rules of, of COVID. Feel free to take your masks off, okay, so people can see how handsome and beautiful you are. Go ahead, Sega. Go ahead. That's it. Yes. All right. Go ahead. Yes. Yes. No, no, it's okay. You can leave it off. You can leave it off. You can. Okay. Yes. So she's shy. I know. I know. She's shy. Ever since you first came to this country, you, you were shy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's okay. That's all right. It's so nice to see you. Nice to see you. Um, amen. Listen. Yes, uh, I, I want you to know, you know, I'm happy that they clap for you like that. They hardly never clap for me, okay? No. <laughs> okay. And I remember back in 1989 when you first arrived and first came to the church, people applauded and, and clapped as they first met you. And you don't look too much older now than 1989. <laughs> uh, uh. Anyway, anyway, but you are looking good. You are are looking good. Sega, all right. Um, By the way, many of you here know Aunt Ruth Jennings, Aunt Ruth Jennings, who went to be with the Lord just over 10 years ago. Sega, Sega, I don't know, I don't know if you have ever known this, but Aunt Ruth told me, that you were always one of her favorite people in church. Oh. Aunt Ruth, yes. Yeah. You know that. You know that, right? Okay. All right. That, that's, that, that's the simple truth, okay? And uh, Aunt Ruth is up in heaven now cheering you on, cheering your children on, okay? Yes. So we thank God. For the fact that Aunt Ruth was able to get to know you. And uh, I know both of you are very shy, but I'll, I'll still give you an opportunity. If if either of you, if you want to say anything before you sit down again, uh, I can give you the microphone. Do either one of you want to say anything? It's up to you.
1: I just
0: want to say Hold on, I got to get the microphone. I got, wait, wait, I got, uh, say God. Yeah, listen, no, you're not loud. <laughs> You're, you're not loud enough. Okay. Yellow mic, uh, group. Yellow mic, please. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Sega, you got to hold the microphone close to your mouth, please. Okay? No, close.
1: I, no, I just want to say thank you to Razoo Church for uh, bringing us to Toronto uh, 32 years ago. And uh, thank you, Pastor Nick, the entire church, Razoo Church. And uh, I just I miss a lot uh, Regina because she was replacing my mom. So they both gone now, and thank you so much. Thank you for everything.
0: Okay, thank you, thank you. Yemani, y- y- you want to say? Oh, okay, hold on. Um, staff, can you turn off, please, the um, the the reverb? Okay, so that they can be understood better. Thank you. Yeah, today we are very glad,
1: you know, to come here and meet our church members and. Uh, we are really happy you know uh, we are really happy for what done for us you know all our church so we are really like pastor nick he explained everything how we are living in here in toronto and improve ourselves and uh, we are part of you guys and uh, we enjoy life you, the, the place we came is, is not really uh suitable to live because we are stranded in uh, war uh, zone. So we came to Canada and uh, we are really enjoying life. And uh, our kids also improve. They have good life, the same as you guys. So thank you very much for your help. And uh, thank you. See you, everybody. Thank you.
0: Right. Thank you. But yes. You know what? Before you're seated, before you're seated, OK? Unfortunately, Sega. I think back in 2006 or 2007, was in a car accident that has created big problems in her back. Um, what? what, what y- Yemeni, just tell, tell people what that problem is, okay? Yeah. So she, we can pray for her. She was involved you know, in an
1: accident in, uh, in 2007, and she, she got hurt on her back. And since then, until now, you know, day by day, the pain is getting worse. So, there is only, any medication for that is painkiller. Otherwise, uh, there, you know, also massage therapy, but uh, didn't work much. She just he, using, you know, heating pad and stuff, Tylenol or kind of painkiller. That's the only she's surviving right now. You know
0: there is no solution about it. Okay, I'm going to ask my wife, Cindy. Cindy, would you come and please pray, pray? And I'm going to ask us, please, in our uh, prayer meetings, in our Saturday morning, Wednesday evening small groups. I want to ask you to pray for Tega because in talking with you many yesterday, I got a fuller picture of how serious. Her back problem is, and it's been agonizing for her. Cindy?
2: Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Yemeni and Sega, for Helen and David. We thank you, Lord, for the life change that we were able to be a part of. We thank you, Lord, for the amazing life they have created here in Toronto. We thank you, Lord, for the lives they have touched and for those they have loved. And continue to love. Lord, we ask today that you will heal Sega's back. Amen. Touch Lord. That you will help her with her pain. That you will help the medical staff to help her manage this pain. But Lord, you created her. You know, when you were there, when she was being formed in her mother's womb, Lord. We ask that you will heal and touch her back. And that you will bring her back to 100% recovery. Bless the family, Lord. May they know how much they are loved. We pray these things in your name. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Yemeni and Sega, for coming up today. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Okay. All right, there's one more thing I want to tell you about, about Yemeni. In the year 1999, or maybe it was 2000, I think it was towards the end of 1999, my father my father became very, very ill for the first time in his life. Uh, as far as I recall, he, he had hardly ever been to a doctor or a hospital throughout his life. But uh, he became very ill towards the end of the 1990s. And he spent a lot of time in the hospital for the first time in his life. When my father father improved, got better from the hospital stay, he was obviously then sent home. He went home from the hospital. And uh, one day, my mother, my mother phoned me up and said, uh, Son, Nico, Nico. Since your father got home from the hospital, she said, the hospital has been sending a young man two or three times a week to help your father here at the house. And she said, this young man, this young man is such a big, big help to your father and to me, she said. And he he is incredible. He is incredible, incredible with how much love and and care and help he is giving to your father. And of course, I said, Mother, that's wonderful. I'm so happy to hear this. This is great. Then my mother went on and and said, uh, Son, the strange thing is this young man says that he knows you. He knows you, and he tells us that you and Rosewood Church of the Nazarene saved his life and the lives of his wife and two children. And uh, she said, he, he is so grateful, he is so grateful for what you and your church did for him and his family. But Mother, mother said, but we have some difficulty understanding everything that he's telling us. And I said, well, Mother Uh, this is marvelous, but what is his name? My mother said, well, he has kind of a a different name and I I, I still don't really know what his name is. I can't remember it. I said, okay. Um, Some days later, I I went and I visited father and mother to encourage them and see how dad was progressing from his uh, illness. And once again... Once again, both of my parents started to tell me how fantastic this young man was in in being such a great help to my father two, three times a week. And once again, my, my parents told me of how the young man kept telling them of how Pastor Nick and the Rosewood Church saved their lives. Well, I asked for his name again. And once again, they said, they said, we can't tell you. Uh, They said they never heard heard the name before. In fact, my mother, my mother got angry with me. She got frustrated uh, because she said, surely, if you have helped and saved someone's life, if you've helped and saved someone's life, you must know their names, Why are you pretending you don't even know who it is? She said, why are you hiding this from us? What is there to hide? Well, I I said, Mother, I'm not hiding anything from you. I'm not hiding anything from you. We try to help a lot of people in our church. And so if you don't give me a name, I, I don't know who you are talking about. Well, one or two Sundays after that discussion, after a Sunday morning church service, a young man came to me here in the foyer, right, in the foyer of the church. A young man came to me and said uh, and said, "Pastor Nick, your, your father is making good progress since he got home from the hospital. And I said, how, uh, how do you know anything about my father? And he said, well, I, I am your father's personal support worker, PSW. I'm your father's personal support worker. And I go to his house every week to help him with his recovery his personal support worker turned out to be Yemeni Gonichi. Yemeni Gonichi. I said to him, "Yemeni, Yemeni, my father and mother have been telling me about a young man who has been a great help, to my father. They've been telling me how you, you told them that Pastor Nick and the church saved your life and the lives of your family members, but they could never, they could never pronounce your name properly, Yemeni. I think sometimes my mother would say, I think his name is Yaman. Yeah <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and, and I, you know, I think I said, Mother, that, that, that's what we say when we mean, yeah, yes, I understand. Yeah, man, okay. Uh, but, but she could never pronounce Yemeni. And so until that time when, when Yemeni came to me after whatever church service it was, he came to me in the foyer, I, I never knew who she was talking about. I honestly did not know. Now, I remember telling Yemeni that it never, it never occurred to me that he was my father's personal support worker because as far as I knew, Yemeni had been driving a taxi. He, as far as I knew, he was driving a taxi for his main job. Well, Yemeni then went on to explain to me, to tell me that he had graduated, he had graduated from part-time studies that he had been doing to become a PSW, and that that was his new job and his main job. So finally, the mystery was solved. And later, later, I told my father and mother that I discovered who the young man was, and I explained to my parents how we as a church had brought the Gunichi family out of a refugee camp in Sudan. Well, I remember thinking how in November 1989, after over three years of paperwork and waiting, we helped Yamani and his family finally arrive safely in Canada. Amen. Then, then, I was deeply moved. I was deeply moved by the fact that about 10 years uh, later, about 10 years after Yemeni and Sega and their children arrived in Toronto, about 10 years later, the man, the man that we helped, Think about this. The man that we helped was now helping my own father. Isn't that something? I continue to think how, out of all the thousands, the thousands of personal support workers in Toronto, how? How in the world did you many end up as the PSW helping my own father? How would that happen? You see, sometimes the person you help today, sometimes the person you help Days, months, or years later, ends up helping you. Isn't that something? By the way, Yemeni continues to work as a personal support worker to this day. That's what he continues to do. 33 years ago, we helped Yemeni and Sega, Gonichi and their children. Right now, we are in the process of sponsoring a new refugee family. This time, the family is from war-torn Ukraine. It is the Onofrychuk family, Onofrychuk. Do we maybe have a picture of them? We've showed you a picture before. Oh, I guess we don't. The husband is Sergei, the wife is Olga, and they have Christina, Kira, and Denise. Isaiah chapter 16, verse 4 says, Let our refugees stay among you. Hide them. Hide them from our enemies until the terror is past. Let our refugees stay among you. Hide them from our enemies until the terror is past. The truth is, the truth is there will be expense in helping the family from Ukraine start a new life here in Toronto. I have by the way I've never met them before. I haven't been able to as yet talk to them on the phone. I have communicated by email. But I want to say thank you. Thank you to the 41 people who have already made pledges to help support the refugee family. The pledges by the way range range from from $1 to $500 per month for the next year. The pledges range from $1 to $500 per month for a current total, combined combined total of about $2,300 per month. As I said last week, our goal is to provide $5,000 per month for our sponsorship fund. Some of us Some of us are able to give a generous amount each month to help this Ukrainian family. Some of you might not be able to pledge very much or you might not even be able to pledge anything. And that's okay. That's okay. God will supply in different ways. Be at peace with whatever your decision might be about what you have or what you might pledge to the sponsorship fund. Back in the 1980s, when we helped Yemeni and Sega and their children, we did, as Hosea chapter 12, verse 6 says, we acted with love. We acted in love. That's all it boiled down to. Our church board made a decision to help the family from war-torn Ukraine and that decision also was to act with love. That's all it boils down to, to act with love. If you would like to make a pledge to act in love to help the family that we are sponsoring, the pledge cards are on the foyer tables. They're out in the foyer table there And you can grab one in a few minutes, fill it out, and put it in the green box. Put it in the green box. There's also a green box up in the foyer there. You can drop yours into whatever you wish. Hosea 12, verse 6 says, act with love. Act with love. So, let's act with love towards this dear refugee family from war-torn Ukraine. But of course, that's not the only place that we need to act in love with. In the little, small things of life this week, in your family, in your workplace, at school, those of you who are taking summer courses, some of you are still in school, wherever you are, As Hosea says, act with love. And as Hosea 6 verse 6 says, I want you to show love. Let's do that, shall we? Let's do that. Let us pray. Dear God, in love, you invite us to come back to you. Yes, to come back and be faithful to you, to love you, to be committed to you, to serve you. And Lord, you tell us to also act with love. Act with love. Thank you for the many ways in which our Rosewood family has acted in love across the years, even going back, to sponsoring the Gonichi family. Thank you for this new act of love now in sponsoring the Ukrainian family from war-torn Ukraine. And Lord, may you by your Holy Spirit guide all of us so that we act in love in our own personal families, in our neighborhood, with our neighbors, at work, at school, in this church, your message to us is act with love. Let it be so. And thank you for acting in love towards us by coming to earth in the person of Jesus, dying on the cross of Calvary to pay the price for our sins. You acted in love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Thank you for acting in love towards us. And we want to act in love just as you have loved us. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen. Let us stand. My friends, let us stand. And as uh, the musicians lead us in this song, if some of you want to come and stand around or kneel at this altar, you can come. Some of you Some of you may want to come and say, "Lord, I come back to you. Lord, I want to repent of my sins." I want to commit my life to you. I come back to you, Lord. You come. Others of you may want to come and pray and say, Lord, I need to do as that Bible verse says, Hosea 12, verse 6, I need to act with love. I need to act with love. And maybe you want to pray and say, Lord, My heart, my heart is just not quite right the way it should be. Lord, help my heart, make my heart, transform my heart so that I do have a heart of love. Let it be so.